0: Barfly is remarkably funny, a classic one-of-a-kind comedy.
1: Scotch on the rocks. I
0: love the same, and I'm buying for the house. Hello, my friend! How come nobody sits next to her? She's crazy. Crazy. It's the way you walk across the room. (laughs) You're the damnedest barfly I've ever seen. Hobbies, none. Religion, none. Education, none. word asks your sex. You've written none. Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD and I'm Randy, and we're back with another exciting cannon cruisers episode no more summer series that's right we went straight back into our normal
1: episodes and this time we took it back to 1987's barfly starring mickey rourke and faye dunaway
0: directed by barbette schroeder and presented by sir ah, that's not really sir francis ford coppola know why you did that, but okay, yes. His true. Highness, Francis Ford Coppola, director of The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And his zoetrope... Uh, what is it? Zoetrope? American Zoetrope. Yes. And also written by Charles Bukowski. R- loosely based. It's a loosely based autobiography. Well, yeah, it's it's loosely based for a reason. But, uh, yeah. A performance that he both loved and hated. Who, Mickey Rourke? Yeah, he initially hated it, and then he, he slowly... Became to love it by the end of the filming. Mm, it's a, it's a strange
1: movie. It's it's billed as a comedy or a romantic <laughs> comedy. It's not. No, that. it's not. You could I could have swore this was a stage play. Um, tell us what it's about, JD. It's about the, a barfly, a titular barfly, who goes about his life being a barfly and everything that entails of being a barfly.
0: It's a slice of life story where it's just mm-hmm. episodic, where he's just going from bar to bar and he meets Faye Dunaway. Mm-hmm. Someone else who is very similar to him. Yep. Yeah. And they end up
1: falling into a relationship together that's very back and forth and very back and forth
0: ways. And oh, it, and also everybody's poor and destitute. Because it's a And just ball. trying to make it away, but also because it's Charles Bukowski. Yeah. And then you have somebody hunting him down because they want to offer him a publishing deal for one short story he wrote.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's how you can tell this was written by a writer. <laughs> it's because of that part of the movie. Because there was a dick searching for an asshole.
0: to Quote him directly.
1: Yeah, the whole po- the point of that is to show that uh, he could easily step into this other world if he wanted to, but he doesn't want to. To the point where both worlds actually clash at the end. Yep, and he ends up
0: saying, uh, yeah, you know what, I'm going to fight this guy for the third time in this movie. And now, folks... If you watch this movie, you, you might not recognize the lead actor as Mickey Rourke because this is prior to his body starting to break down after too much boxing yeah. and drugs and alcohol. Yeah, when you This s- is back when you had handsome Mickey Rourke and not yeah. they broke my face and they hastily put it back together with some glue and scotch tape. Basically, post-Sin City Mickey Rourke. No, post-boxing career uh, Mickey Rourke. He didn't look like he was uh, becoming an old lady, an old uh, Jewish lady. <laughs> no, in this one he just looks like... Charles Bukowski. <laughs> to the point where they confused him for... It. When Bukowski died, they confused the picture of him for Bukowski. I mean, I'm pretty sure
1: he would have appreciated that regardless. But, yeah. it's uh, This isn't the typical type of uh, movie canon puts out. It's not usually the type of movie we usually cover. Pretty either. good...
0: Uh... Yeah,
1: they're pretty... It's pretty, pretty close, yeah. It's pretty close. But
0: the accent was a little weird, if you have to tell me. I don't know why I'm an old Jewish man all well, of a sudden.
1: Like I said, the obvious reference point was that he's an uh, upper class guy who lives a low class life is pretty much the character yeah Where that's
0: basically that's basically describe him as just like he went from being he, he, he comes off as nobility living amongst the
1: yeah the, and also because it's he's loosely right but writing about himself he doesn't seem to have any problem making fun of himself quite a bit in this movie. yeah because
0: you know? literally as far as his <laughs> alter ego that he uses in many of his story <laughs> henry chaninsky Chinab- yeah
1: Tanasky yeah it's pretty much just him but he doesn't have any problem getting him getting him, him himself beat up or insulted or anything like that because it's all stuff that's happened to him yeah so yeah that the movie is not like is it a typical thing we usually cover it's not really even though like I'm looking at the picture right now it's not a romantic comedy even though that's what it tries trying to imply. though the
0: poster <clears throat> does that thing mm-hmm. I hate
1: mm, what which part? Who's that? Who's who? who?
0: Who's that one right there on the left of the poster? Oh, that's a Charles Bukowski. That's Faye Dunaway. And mm-hmm. then above her, you have the name Mickey Rourke. <laughs> and then above Mickey Rourke, you have the name Faye Dunaway. Yeah. I hate it when they don't put the name over the correct person's head. I don't understand why they do that. Top spilling. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you're going to do it, flip the image and have it be the other way. It would have made more sense, yeah.
1: So yeah, this is a, this is not quite what we usually cover, but it's one we wanted to cover, but for some reason it's very for the longest time this was a hard movie to find. Uh, probably because I don't think it's ever been released on DVD and it's definitely never been released on Blu-ray. Oh, no, it has. It just says it's very hard to find. Like I said. Almost it's we tried to find this one way back when we were doing 1987, we couldn't find it.
0: And then we and then I started finding it. I literally I'm um, just didn't double check, but I believe I almost want to say it's a Criterion collection, but I'm just going to double-check. I would
1: be very surprised if if Criterion got it, because then it would be more readily available than it is.
0: Like, it's a a real recent, like, release. Well, I know you could probably find
1: it overseas. Here, I think there's probably rights issues, because, like, everything canon, as soon as uh, they went under, all the rights went to different places, all over the place. Although this one at least had the... At least this one had the, uh, what's it called, the uh, Canon logo in the front.
0: Yeah, there was at least some point an import copy of it mm-hmm. that, that was done over, out of country, yeah. Yeah, like I said.
1: International. There's international versions, but for some reason it's hasn't been available here, which probably means somebody like Fox or Disney might have had it, and that's why.
0: Though the Classic Selection DVD has a better poster than the poster that we were looking at earlier with the Switch names. Wait, is that the name's right? No, it only has a black and white picture of uh, Mickey Rourke all beaten up, and it says <laughs> "Barfly" over his head. Oh well, that that makes more sense, I guess. It's better through. than the other one. It makes it look like Days of Thunder. That uh,
1: that's kind of weird. It doesn't really look like the right uh, the right <laughs> genre for this movie, but okay. So Randy, what was your general impressions of Barfly? Oscar bait. You think so? It's uh. It felt like Oscar bait. It's like a runaway train, Oscar bait.
0: Yeah, but Runaway Train was really, 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 good.
1: Yeah, well, it was also a very different type of story. This was clearly one of those, writer wants to write about a slice of his life, and he comes up with a story, and they film the story, and that's pretty much it. It's it's well acted, it's well written, it's well directed. Yes! it's does pretty much everything it wants to do. Um, and I would say as a whole it's a good watch but um, I guess we'll go in the negatives is that uh, story was kind of boring it, like I said <laughs> it,
0: it's a slice of life and I'm not a
1: humongous you can make sli- slice of life work but was the story they were showing is like okay I guess it's like yeah I
0: get it this is the relationship that you're showing us but there wasn't really much story there like I said it was very much very episodic and even then it wasn't that episodic <laughs> No, not
1: really. This is just like this piece. This, it's like this couple of days of his life, pretty much, and
0: that's it. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like, here's a few days in the life of Charles... Sorry, Henry Chinkowski. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and let's see how, how him go from the bottom, go to the top, and drop back down again. And, and finding love, losing love, uh, losing fights, and winning fights, and being poor, and being rich, and being poor. Which is, like, sounds like a lot, except... My friends! That that barely happens, really.
1: Like, the whole money thing is just kind of... Now he has it, now he doesn't, now he has it, now he doesn't. It doesn't really have much of an effect on the story. And the relationship kind of went... Now they're on good terms, now they're not, now they are, now they are not. But it's, like, it's been, like, over a day, so it
0: feel a bit rushed. It's like, okay, so he literally says at the end, it's like, mm. hey, it's like we're just a couple of strangers here. Mm. We barely know each other. Yeah. We we, we just, pa- ship's passing in the night. Mm. JD's, JD's rolling his eyes at me, doing my really bad impression yeah. of a really bad impression. <laughs> it's like we just ships passing in the night. We don't know each other that well. And then he fights with Frank Stallone for the third time in the movie. Well, uh, <laughs> well, Lock of Love uh, plays. players.
1: Walk of Life, please. Because every time, every movie, no matter what it is... When Randy gets it, bored, he
0: puts on Walk of Life. You can time it perfectly with an ending. <laughs> I don't know why you can, but you can. It is the best song for every ending of every single film. You could use it at the end of Schindler's List, and it would somehow work. Speaking of which, the movie, music in this movie was pretty good, too. They had the same opening theme, uh, which I believe was Booker T. It was yeah. good. Well, did you notice that there's actually no soundtrack to the movie? It was all just uh, Daya... Hmm. Diegetic? Is that the word I'm looking for? Music? Yeah, like music from the
1: jukeboxes? It's only when they put on the jukebox, what the jukebox music was good. Yeah. Or,
0: or when they're passing other people's houses because they live in, like, practically in the slums type of stuff and you can hear it through the
1: walls. Yeah, a soundtrack probably wouldn't have done anything to so get in the way, considering the way the movie works.
0: So you agree with me that it's very much like a uh, stage show. It's like that's basically what it felt like.
1: It was a lot like that other one we watched, only let. Fool for Love? Only it felt less like a stage play because they didn't stage they want, it like it it was stage stage Yeah, play. exactly. It was more active. They actually tried to stage it like a movie, so it helped that. But yeah, it felt more like a uh, stage play, which is fine. As I said, it that's what it wanted to do, and it did it well. So I can't really fault it for any of that. Like I, also anyway. have to,
0: I also have to say that it's been really weird to watch this after watching the string of movies we watched <laughs> and kind of go, wow, this is a mature film. Mm hmm. Yeah. But uh, lowlights, I'll agree with you that it's kind of aimless. It's kind of like hmm. his writer, like the writer himself, a little bit history e for its time. Well, like I said, you can do aimless. I mean, there's a couple of really good aimless movies like, uh,
1: what what are the names, uh, the guys who did uh, Lebowski, the big Lebowski? Cohen. You can Cohen do, You can do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but there, there's also
0: the Everybody's Favorite mm-hmm. from 1994, Clerc is it a little bit later than four 94 or is 96 pretty sure that was 94 but yeah that's the same sort of thing there's it's just
1: you, a day in the life you can do like a day in the life thing but when you do a day in the life thing it's still a narrative so you're still kind of expecting you know rising action you know what i mean
0: there's still well things. there was it, there was build up and then then it would implode when their relationship then would drop again like yeah, there was always little miniature like, like but uh, i guess it's and like, then it
1: kind of led up to the end with the the two of them Kind of fighting the two women, and then him fighting Eddie again. But at that point, it's that, kind of was, that was that was just a
0: continuation of the the cycle of like, yeah, yeah, we just ships passing in the night. Which again, like I said, it works fine for
1: what it is. It's just I think it probably needed to be a bit more explicit at times because
0: if you weren't really paying attention, you'd just be like, okay, I guess. Another low point that I will I will say, but it's also mm-hmm. segues, segues me into the high points. Is sure the performance by Mickey Rourke, I I kind of understand Bukowski's reaction of like, this was a really bad uh, performance, but at the same time, going directly into the highlights, it is a really good performance. You kind of need that performance in a movie like this. Like, watching it, I'm just like, oh God, it's, it's gonna be all this all the time. And then by the end, I'm like, yeah, I'm really digging that. Actually, yeah, that, that kind of works for this character and works for who it is. The whole movie but hinges on his performance. So it that's has it. To the be. performances like, in this movie are really good, but like mm-hmm. at the same time, that performance is also awful, but also really good. It kind of works for what it has to be,
1: which is like as a a drunk guy who's kind of full of himself.
0: So I, I would love to see Mickey Rourke doing that, doing that accent, hmm. reading lines from uh that that movie uh, dead men don't dance or whatever it was called oh yeah that that movie uh tough guys don't dance Tough yeah. guys don't dance yeah I imagine that that one combined with this movie that would have been something else jeez the norman mailer uh <laughs> henry bukowski sorry chuck bukowski uh movie we never knew we wanted <laughs> that would have been something else diary of an old man who don't dance although like i said then for what it was trying to do they done ways would... always performance Amazing, but say, that's on away. She always does top work.
1: Yeah, that was probably the highlight of the movie. All the performances really. Frank selling. Stallone was Frank
0: Stallone. Frank Stallone was good too.
1: I, everybody did exactly what they needed to do, and every time they were on screen, you're like, okay, what are they going to do
0: next? Which is what you want in a movie. And people in this movie weren't unrealistically pretty or handsome. Well, that wouldn't work. They, for like they were all like disgusting and real looking people. Even the ones that were attractive were just conventionally attractive, and let, except for Fade Down Away, because no matter what you do to her, you can't dirty her up because it just shines through. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the point of her character too. She could, she's supposed to stick out, and she does. Yeah,
1: which like I said that. that's the entire movie. Especially when they call her
0: fat. <laughs>
1: that was funny though. The 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 two paramedics who come back multiple times because they keep getting called to the building. I'm only disappointed we didn't get to see him come back for the guy who got stabbed at the end. I would like to have seen what they would have done.
0: Is he still alive? Yeah, sitting in his bed having a cigarette. Do <laughs> you you stabbed him, didn't you? Because
1: <laughs> I can imagine him saying something like that. It was you, wasn't it? But yeah, like I said, uh, the highlights are definitely the the performances. They were really good, and they were every time one of them came on screen, you wanted to see what they're gonna do. Yeah,
0: exactly. But like at the beginning, he ground he really. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this way. If you're watching this film, if you can make it through the first 20 minutes of that performance, Mm -hmm. those first 20 minutes are like torture with that. But then suddenly it's like, no, this works. Oh my God, this works. It's a Nick Cage type impression. No, it's actually a a well acted impression. It's just that the guy's not good. I don't like the guy. I don't like the character. That's what I mean though. A
1: Nick Cage style impression where it's like obviously cartoony. So you either plug into it or you can't do it. It's one or the other. You, either, you can either accept it or you can't. If you can accept it, you'll probably enjoy it. If you can't, I wouldn't recommend the movie. You won't be able to
0: stomach it. That's the whole movie. So Without we, him, it doesn't work. Let's go in a little bit of uh, trivia stuff first before we close out mm-hmm. our return here. Okay. So it's important to know a couple of things that are very freaking much in the vein of this movie. Okay. I told you this before the uh, his favorite French director, uh, Barbette, uh, whatever his name is, <laughs> I say I have to find his name because I I need it for the uh, the the thing. Barbette Schroeder. Yeah. Charles Bukowski wanted uh, Sean Penn in the movie, but Sean Penn wouldn't do the movie unless Dennis Hopper would do it and yeah would direct it. And Charles Bukowski didn't like Dennis Hopper.
1: That sounds about right.
0: So he's still friends with Sean Penn, but it's like now they moved on and they they, because he wanted his buddy Barbette Schroeder to do it. Which led to one of the great Golan and Globus stories Mm -hmm. of, this is the time, folks, of the end of canon as we know it, as they're falling apart, as they're getting money flow issues Mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah, 1987 was that year. They had a ridiculous um, thing with the bank where they could only make X amount of movies a year, which is very much anti-canon, where they want to make as much so they can make as much money. Yep. Otherwise, it wouldn't be financed. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were looking at their slate of films and the ones that were in production. And they were like, well, maybe we won't do uh, bar flights. Like, this is probably not going to fly. Mm. Pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when Barbit Schroeder uh, heard about this, uh, he showed up with his lawyer, Black & Decker, a, uh, a handsaw, uh, electric handsaw, and threatened to uh, separate their hands from their bodies if they separate themselves from the film. So they decided to go on with the film. I miss Cannon film so much. <laughs> and it's like to me I'm like yep a, that's very much a Charles Bukowski type of thing that happened yeah.
1: that's such a thing that would happen between the two of them that it just worked out but also too like cutting this movie wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense considering it didn't really need much in the way of budget and it didn't really have much either and it works for it actually yeah. let me give you the
0: exact quote from uh the 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 story like the thing they had Uh it's that uh was represented by the law firm of black and decker and would be forced to cut off his own finger to show to the world that canon was cutting off a piece of him by (laughs) abandoning the film (laughs) oh man that's such and then because this is imdb i'm reading it off Mm -hmm. listen to this beautiful piece of poetry i'm pretty proud of charles bukowski wrote it yeah um Mm -hmm. canon to its credit Allegedly decided that violating its banking covenants was the lesser evil compared to denying <laughs> the birth to what ultimately would prove to be a classic and important artistic work. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's why <laughs> Charles Bukowski would have been dead by the time this piece. Of that's why I mean, I'm sure that's why they did it. <laughs> this is all taken from like a, a book that Charles Bukowski wrote on the production process of this and his time in Hollywood, called mm-hmm. Hollywood from 1989. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so that's like that's funny. It's like that's like literally the most canon thing i've ever heard oh yeah that's definitely
1: canon like i said it's kind of that's kind of one of the reasons why i want to cover this one earlier than we did but at least we
0: finally did it is there any other good pieces in there no no it's really just what we had talked about before that francis yeah. Ford has so wanted this movie to get done that he he, ba- he's basically his one of the direct not directors one of the producers on the film asked him because he wanted to get it done if he could give them some money to Mm -hmm. to help uh, finance it and that's how American Zoetrope got involved in it and he's the one that presented it to Cannes Film Festival. Oh, alright. So it's like not that he's like no, I'm not in part of the film but I'm presenting it. This is a presented by Francis Ford Coppola.
1: Yeah, that's what it said at the beginning of the movie.
0: Yeah. So, Randy. I give it a four. You're gonna
1: give it a four after all that?
0: Yeah, it's 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 actually a really good movie just that it's a very slow Mm -hmm. um slow story (laughs) like a a very non-existent story it's very aimless as is Bukowski is in general like on his writings yeah very very earthy very much of his life because it literally is of Mm -hmm. his life
1: but like I said we're gonna judge it for what it is I'd also give it a four it more or less succeeds at everything it wants to do and like I said it's not like you need a huge budget for a movie like this so it did everything it wanted to do it did it as much time as it could um and it was enjoyable the whole time even though it was aimless um I wasn't really bored watching it. I just like, every time a character came on the screen, I wanted to see what they were going to do. So it was, it was a good watch, interesting, and I'm glad Canon put this one out.
0: Oh, actually, here's a key, uh, mm-hmm. probably it's most important in the, what is it, what it was the, the quote? Uh, the classic important artistic work is that in the making of the film, because it was a very tight space to work in for a lot of the things. Mm-hmm. This is where a very important piece of tech for the film industry that's still used today was created. So this was created on a Canon film okay, well, by, uh, by I'm try- i am got to find the names of the director-photographer R- Robbie Muller. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, it's the film's gaffer Frieder Holcomb and uh, best boy Gary H. Swink mm-hmm. designed the Kino Flow professional LED-based lighting equipment unit mm-hmm. for this film. And they would go on to like patent it, mm-hmm. trademark it, whatever you want to call it. And this would go on to make them a lot of money because it's used on every film today. Because it allows them to film in tight areas, hmm. uh, like in tight hallways and, and everything like that that you can't get the full lighting break into. Well, and with while dude. still having the quality of light that they need for the visuals.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a good little bit of trivia for this movie. Yeah, like it's, it's a, a, yeah it's a
0: standard uh, motion picture lighting package now. Like yeah. that's that's how how important this film is. Yeah. unintentionally to like the canon quote unquote, the canon non pun intended of uh, film it's a,
1: f- it's a fascinating little movie has a really interesting stuff that apparently went on behind the scenes in every facet of it so like I said I'm glad we finally got to cover this one alright so is
0: that it for this
1: one Randy yeah ready? pretty
0: much there's not much more to say than that it's a, it's a really great movie it's highly recommended by mm-hmm. myself at least uh, yeah. and by the canon cruisers yeah. uh, Mickey Rourke is a treasure <laughs> don't you ever forget about no, I've I mean, even lost so the accent cheese. already in my mind uh, <laughs> they don't yeah, amazing. Uh, and all the, all, all the other actors in it were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good watch. And if you can find it, because it's not the easiest movie to find. I have a watch. feeling it'll become more easily available now that Amazon has consolidated all the MGM stuff and is slowly incorporating it into its uh, Amazon uh, services. Well, like I guess we'll see. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time when we continue our cruise through the Canon Catalog. Which surprises me because there's still canon films left, folks. There's
1: still canon films left. We're still going through. All right, everybody. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. We're canon films, and we're dynamite hardly none a terrific movie one of the year's best we could look at a woman's legs for hours Stop, police you know, every time i get with a woman something happens Stop, or on fire. wild and very funny
1: you're a henry chanasky i'm one of the main producers of the contemporary review
0: of art and literature we've discovered you Oh, yeah. well, i had an idea that i'd be discovered after my death a cunning comedy and touching love story. Rourke is definitely hot. Where's the bedroom? <laughs> I smell it. Perfume. Ah! Come on! Yeah! If you get out of here, or I'm going to peel you away from your perfume. A joyous comedy. Faye Dunaway gives a startling performance. Oh, baby, oh, I love you. Oh, he got some part in there. Oh. We don't have to be barflies right down at the grave. Mickey Rourke. Just one thing. I'll never want to fall in love. Faye Dunaway. Don't worry. Nobody's ever loved me yet. Barfly. Life on the Edge. As seen by Charles Bukowski, directed by Barbay Schroeder.